Welcome back to the Naga Notes podcast. My name is Jake Wiskirchen. And if you're not familiar with what we're doing around here, we are trying to just expand your mind and, uh, and in essence, feed, nourish, and enrich your noggin because, hey, noggin notes, that's what we do, right? The notes part is the app. And if you haven't downloaded the app for your phone or tablet, we encourage you to do so so you can make some notes about what your noggin is doing. And then, of course, this is the podcast side. We are doing a podcast that's tied in with the app, and it's also readily downloadable on iTunes and Android platforms and really anywhere podcasts are available. I've been going through the last several weeks a series of emotional education clips, and this week's is on anger. And before I launch into that, I want to give a a hat tip to our sponsor, Zephyr Wellness, of which I am a co-owner. That's why I'm doing this. This uh, This is the sponsorship. So if anyone wants to supplant Zephyr as a sponsor, we definitely invite your money because the stuff doesn't go on for free. We do have to pay for certain things, and uh, we we just invite people to, to take part. And in exchange, we'll give you a shout-out for your product or your company, and you know that you will be supporting a worthwhile endeavor, which is the expansion of mental wellness and mental health across the globe. And quite literally, that is the case. We are international. We have one of our founders in the UK and we have another founder in Cambodia by way of South Africa and I myself am in the United States. So we're pretty proud of all that and today we're going to be talking about anger. So we've already covered shame and guilt and sadness and fear and we want to move on to the emotion of anger because it often gets confused for other emotions and we want to clear some stuff up. So, if anybody's watched the movie Inside Out, it was a fantastic movie. It covered uh, five emotions, and anger was one of those. Anger is readily accessible. It's something that most of us know about. And my job here is to try to help you wrap your brains around the difference between anger and anything else, really. Anger is often used as a substitute for other emotions. When we're born into this world, we're born with a set of 10 discrete emotions, and this has been studied for, for many, many years. A guy named Carol Izzard it did, did all the research from which I draw for this podcast, and while Inside Out covered five emotions, it would have been totally cumbersome to do 10, but they did a fantastic job of creating a great metaphor for what the emotions do, why they're present, and their adaptive function. Anger was one of those And anger, Izzard said, was used to motivate. So if we need to make change in something, we would would take our anger and apply it toward an endeavor of some sort. Now, this isn't most people's experience, and I understand that, because most people's experiences, especially in Western society, is simply to have the anger and then not know what to do with it. It kind of comes out, it lashes out, it lands awkwardly, sometimes inappropriately, sometimes it gets us in trouble. And even songs have been written about anger and and how crippling it can be. I'm here to tell you that that's not necessarily the case. I'm here to tell you that anger actually does serve a purpose. And I already mentioned that it motivates, usually to make change. So for example, if every day I go into work and I'm pissed off, I probably should find another job where I'm less angry every time I go to work. Hopefully that doesn't happen, being that I own my own company, because it'd be really hard to fire myself, or at least walk away from myself. But that point aside, 
I, I really encourage everybody to analyze their anger. Most people know when they're angry, and they can easily identify it. Culture tells us that anger is, is appropriate. It's more socially acceptable than some of the other more vulnerable emotions, especially the ones that we've covered so far, like sadness and shame and guilt, and definitely fear. A lot of times, especially as, as gentlemen, we are not conditioned by culture or society or families to think that we're allowed to feel sad or shamed or, or, or guilty or, or f- afraid. So instead, what we'll do is we'll grab anger and we'll choose that as a proxy for the other emotions that we're supposed to be feeling. It gives our brains a sense of feeling something without actually resolving anything. And one really good comparison to draw from this is the idea of activism versus action. A lot of times activism manifests itself in the form of waving signs and, and uh, thumping your fist in the air. And I don't know if you can thump air, but I guess you know, waving your fist in the air, maybe, maybe thumping it on something. That gives the brain and the, and, the, and the body a sense that, hey, I felt something and I'm good. But really, at the end of the day, nothing actually changed. Authentic anger should be used to motivate to go do something that makes a difference. Because truly, what's lying beneath the anger is usually one of the more vulnerable emotions I mentioned, like fear or sadness. Now, please don't get me wrong. Activism absolutely does give us some satisfaction, neurologically anyway. It does not necessarily give us satisfaction in achieving an end. So if we think about our typical activism efforts, it's uh, lobbying for some cause, it's picketing, it's rallying outside of somebody's headquarters, and that makes the brain and the body feel good because we've literally felt something. We felt anger, and that anger wave gave us a sense of satisfaction and completion. However, it was inaccurate because typically in an activist sense, What you're trying to do is tolerate the disappointment of somebody letting you down, whether it be a politician or a corporation or some series of movements or or a certain group. That's a disappointment. It may be a fear. But when anger motivates and we act out of that anger to go activate, to wave our arms in the air and say this isn't right or whatever it is that we're saying, it's insufficient to achieve what we want to achieve, which is really changing expectations. And that has to do with sadness and maybe it has to do with fear. Action, on the other hand, says to take that anger, grab onto it, but harness it and don't use it inappropriately. Don't use it impulsively. Hang on to it and use it for good. That means it takes real sacrifice, leaving a job to run for office maybe, uh, leaving a job to go take a job within the corporation that you absolutely hate in order to change its policies. It may even require... Uh, writing a series of, of impactful letters to somebody influential. But it gives a sense of completion. That's real authentic anger. And I'll get back to that in a second with regard to a certain NFL quarterback that most of us know. Another readily available example that most people can identify with is that of road rage. Everybody's had the experience where they're driving down the highway and they're they're going about their business and then somebody interrupts that. Either they get cut off or swerved into or, or brake checked or something. And what ends up happening is we get this sense of, of injustice, like, like things aren't fair and it's not right and that person shouldn't have done that to me. When really what we're experiencing is either a disappointment, which is on the sadness continuum, because that person failed to meet our expectations of what we think drivers, quote unquote, and you can't see my 
quotes because they're in my hands in the air and this is a podcast. But if you could, you'd see me air quoting should. What they should have done differently based on our worldview and our expectations. And granted, if we're driving on a highway, the assumption is that most people have taken the same driver's test and passed the same exam in order to be able to drive. And so therefore, our expectations are not met. That's sadness. That's a completely different emotion from anger. But if we're raised in a family or a society where sadness is not acceptable, then we'll simply replace that with anger. Anger is easy because we can grab onto it and we can choose it. And, and it gives us a sense of power and control when we're choosing our own emotions. It's very vulnerable when we don't get to choose that. Similarly, instead of a disappointment, maybe the person didn't use their blinker when they slowly merged into their lane and, and, and there was no real threat or danger. If that person doesn't use a blinker and swerves violently into our lane and maybe brake checks us, that's actually a sense of fear provoked because we're, we're a danger now. We're, we're in danger and there's a threat present. There, there are people who could get hurt if you're traveling 70 miles an hour down a highway and some other automobile that weighs just as much as yours traveling just as fast cuts you off that's scary but again if we're not raised to tolerate fear ride through that emotional wave and know that we'll be okay on the other side say we pump the brakes give some space let the person go about their business check with our passengers make sure everybody's okay and and move on then what we're likely to do is grab onto that anger and maybe flip them off through the windshield or utter some angry phrase or drop the f-bomb or whatever and nothing really ever changes road rage occurs when people can't tolerate the fear or the sadness that they experience and instead latch on to anger and then offload it inappropriately it was once said that tom brady the quarterback of the new england patriots was given an interview about uh after his third Super Bowl victory, and he was asked what continues to motivate him and why he hasn't just coasted into you know further success. And he, uh, he's said to have looked the cameraman in the eye and said, or the interviewer in the eye and said, you do know I was drafted in the sixth round, right? That indicates an anger that's used appropriately. It's, it's being hung on to for an appropriate reason, which is to motivate to go get better at football so that he can show it to the other 31 teams that passed him over six times before he was finally picked up by the New England Patriots. Now, that's an appropriate use of anger. Inappropriate use of anger is when we lash out at our loved ones or we uh, flip off the person who, who's uh, driving past us too fast on the highway or we uh, we yell at the, at the server in the food dining establishment that we're you know getting our hamburger from that's undercooked that doesn't serve to make change in fact most of the time when we channel our anger inappropriately and we land on somebody in an inappropriate way what we do is we end up putting them on the defensive by triggering their fight or flight response and that just sets off a series of interactions that are not beneficial to anyone because we end up in power struggles and we argue and parents do this all the time with their kids and loved ones and spouses do it with each other. And so what we want to do is we want to be mindful of our anger. It's very authentic. It's very legitimate. It actually does have a purpose and it certainly does occur in our brains. I don't want to invalidate that. We want to acknowledge it and then analyze it and say, is this something that I can use to go make long-standing change, or is it something that's just masking another more vulnerable emotion that maybe I need to attend to? I can definitely talk for a long time about anger. This is not the forum for it because I've promised you all that I'm going to keep this podcast short. 
I hope this just at least uh, provoked something inside you that is positive. I don't mean to provoke you in a negative way. That's that's not what we do here. We're not we're not provoking you to to be angry at us. Certainly not. But we're hoping to provoke some change, maybe provoke some insight. And if that did that for you, then I encourage you to check out the websites uh, that I'm going to list off. ZephyrWellness.org has a lot of interesting stuff. That's our website. AAMFT.org can point you in the direction of a therapist through his therapist locator. PsychologyToday.org can do that. Uh, sorry, PsychologyToday.com. Uh, mind.org.uk and sane.org.uk can also uh, give you some resources. Psychotherapy.net is another place to go. And then uh, a guy I know pretty well who's been a mentor to me for a number of years, Dr. Christian Conti, C-O-N-T-E. Uh, he has a wonderful website, drchristianconti.com. You can uh, look him up, and he uh, he's an anger management expert. He's one of the United States' foremost anger management experts, and he's got wonderful materials on, on uh, learning more about your anger and what to do with it. So, again, this isn't a substitute for psychotherapy or professional help. If you're struggling with anger on a regular basis, it probably deserves more than a 10- or 11-minute podcast, and we certainly invite you to go you know, and explore that and, and normalize the conversation. And it's, it starts by acknowledging it saying, Hey, this isn't really effective for me. My anger is misplaced and it's not getting me what I want out of life. And and that's okay. A lot of us go through that. So I give you, I give you permission if I need to, I guess that's kind of arrogant of me, but, but I give you permission and I invite you to go, go check that out. If you're one of those people that's struggling with anger all the time, please Explore yourself and, and know where it's coming from. Chances are it's one of the more vulnerable emotions that you're probably supposed to be feeling authentically, and you're not. You're just choosing anger instead. So on behalf of Noggin Notes and our entire staff, and on behalf of Zephyr Wellness, I thank you for listening, and I hope this was enlightening. I invite you back next week to learn more, and I wish you great mental health. Mental health.